to the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. with me today, Tori Martin. Tori Martin is a very creative and a very funny guy. Uh, he is a writer. The way I got in touch with Tori is my family was having an argument about a character that he created on a little program you may have heard called Adventures in Odyssey. And it had to do with a character by the name of Wooten. And in fact, uh, Tori not only writes for Adventures in Odyssey, but he is the creator of the character of Wooten. Tori, welcome to Church Magazine. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm delighted. I'm excited. Awesome. In addition to writing... I'm also caffeinated. You're also caffeinated. Well caffeinated. Well caffeinated. You don't even just have one cup of coffee. I've got two. This is my stunt double for this one. Absolutely. And you know you're dealing with somebody who works on an entire different level and plane higher than everybody else when they have stunt doubles for their coffee. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. And I don't pay him very much for the stunt doubling either. He's on his own risk. Own risk. Exactly. And it's not like one's French press and one's drip. No, these, these coffees are equally invested. They, they are, but they are very thick. I will say that since living in Alaska, I like my coffee so thick a spoon can stand up like it was just roasted on a campfire. Well, since I am Skyping from Italy and, and live in Italy, I have a very high appreciation for this strong coffee that you speak so highly of. I am jealous. Uh, are you a coffee drinker? Oh, yes, very much. Okay, well, about 10 minutes into this, we should both be going like, after I get the second cup of here. Right, exactly, exactly. Tori, like I said, you do writing for Adventures in Odyssey. That's how we came to know your name, even though you're always, you know, you're often in the credits as the kids listen to Adventures in Odyssey every night. Your your name is in the credits. Didn't really ever think about it much um, as far as being a writer for Adventures in Odyssey. What other cool stuff do you do in addition to writing for Adventures in Odyssey? Well, I travel as a Christian comedian. I'm also an actor. Uh, I'm an actor first above all the other writing stuff. I'm an actor first, and I've done uh, nine feature films in the last year, uh, two that are out right now. My name is Paul is out and Taken by Grace, and um, I've got one that I'm really excited about coming out called Skid. It's based on a novel written by a best-selling Christian uh, author named Renee Gutridge. It's a uh, comedy, and um, I also do uh, producing and writing screenplays. I write a lot with Marshall Younger, who is the name that you probably hear a whole lot, considering that guy has written well over 100, I think over 150 episodes of Adventures in Odyssey. And he secretly is my favorite Adventures in Odyssey writer. Um, he's also my writing partner and together we've written nine feature length screenplays two of which we're getting produced in the spring so i'm very excited about that and one that we're in talks with right now about possibly doing during the christmas season uh in october to december um i also write humor columns and write novels and the novelizations of my screenplays with i, I collaborate with other writers and I'm working on a new book with an author named Cecil Murphy. Uh, Cecil did the book uh, Rebel Without, uh, or Rebel With a Cause, the Franklin Graham book. And he also did uh, Ben Carson, Gifted Hands. He's an awesome, incredible writer. And um, yeah, so I stay busy. Yeah, it sounds like it. You're a writer. And I know there's a lot of aspiring writers out there, whether it be, you know, 
they're using a blog or they're just writing on their computer, writing stories and that sort of thing. And what I found so curious about you as a writer is your diversity of writing, that you, you just aren't thinking in, in one channel or medium. You're not only thinking of writing a novel or short stories, but that you know you also do screen print, screenplays and other sorts of, of writing. And really your writing is a lot more about storytelling than anything else. I think you're right. I think you hit that spot on. I consider myself more of a storyteller than I do a writer. In fact, when it comes to the writing process, everybody who knows me, and I, I, I share this in my testimony, I graduated from high school, but just barely. I had a D average. I hated high school. English was my worst class. I couldn't tell you the difference between an adverb and a fraction or whatever. I don't know what, I don't care. I don't know. Um, but I, I have the ability to tell stories. Now, I'm very fortunate. Marshall Younger, who I write with a lot, uh, Renee Gutridge, those are the people who are, to me, are the writer writers. Their fingers are on the keyboard. They understand story structure. They take a good idea and they make it a great idea. They take something funny and they make it funnier. And I love collaborative writing. That's what I do, collaborative writing. We bounce back and forth. We find the perfect solution and then they they put it down. And it used to make me feel like, oh, I wonder if I can call myself a writer if it's not my fingers on the keyboard. And the truth is that um, uh, there's a book called Script Partners that interviews 50 famous writing teams out of Hollywood. Every team has one at the keyboard and one who paces and brainstorms and thinks. That's the norm. And they're two totally different things. So Marshall is able to do the engineering this if i had to do this i'm a two-fingered typist it would take me forever it's like for me it's like math you remember and i hate math but story problems i love the stories and then they would always mess it up by putting those numbers in that's engineering stuff i'm like who cares about that what happened after 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 the story right right Um, the the train arrived exactly and and if both of them left different stations and they were going to meet halfway what happens yeah. Is there a big wreck? I mean, did they make it in time? Exactly. Was any luggage lost? These are the things I want to know. <laughs> what did they serve in the dining car? More importantly. <laughs> so so would you would you recommend I'm kind of going I feel like I'm going out on a limb here. Would you recommend for aspiring writers or people that really want to kind of push themselves creatively maybe a little bit to collaborate and share stories and ideas with with their friends or find a writing partner? Oh, well, those are two two totally different questions. I'm not sure I really understand it. Uh, I've written with several people. There are some people who do not need to write with other people and they really can't. They're so good on their own, they don't even need to, to be honest. Uh, but the, the writers that are fun to write with are the ones that you're comfortable with. And, and I, I teach a class on collaborative writing. How do you settle disagreements? How do you work together as a team? And uh, I'm just very fortunate to get to work with people like Marshall Younger. I, I, I feel like sometimes I'm just a big Marshall Younger cheerleader for that guy. Um, he's the best. He's just the best. He's so easy to work with. And you know you've got something good when you both start cracking up when you're in the middle of writing it. I think my favorite thing to do is to make Marshall laugh in the middle of writing. And sometimes I'll do it. It has nothing to do with the story. I'll just do it just to get a laugh. (laughs) I'll just say something. Excellent. So, yeah, I encourage you to write with other people. But it's hard Hmm. to find that. And the best way to find somebody to write with is, of course, get a sample of their writing. 
and make sure that their strength is your weakness and make sure that your strength is their weakness. That's going to be a successful right now for Marshall Knight. He is really good with story structure. He's really good with dialogue. I'm good with dialogue. I'm good with character. And uh, he has this really great ability too to make it up, to touch the emotional center of a story. And I think you've probably seen that in some of his Odyssey episodes. They're always the funniest and they're always, there's always something really touching about the human condition, something revealed and some uh, spiritual truth that's revealed in a way that doesn't make it feel like it's going down like medicine. So yeah, get a collaborate if you want to. If you have to, I love collaborative writing. Wow, Tori, excellent stuff. Um, if somebody wants to learn more about you or uh, find some of the films that you mentioned at the beginning, what's the best way, or how's the best way to go about that? Well, um, Google. There's this thing called Google, Eric. Have you heard of it? No, <laughs> no. Tell, tell me more of this 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 magical thing called Google. <laughs> yes, Google. They tried gargle, but it didn't go mm. down so well. <laughs> yeah, because gargle. Sorry. Never mind. Um, uh, no, uh, and they tried gargoyle, but it scared children. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if you Google Tori Martin, a lot of stuff will come up. One of the things that I love to do the most is networking. Um, uh, I, so, if you Google the words Tori Martin networking, networking articles come up. If you Google Tori Martin comedy, or go to my website torymartin.com, you'll see links to all sorts of stuff. Um, uh, the films probably come up there if you just google my name the films that i'm in or imdb will list the films that i'm in um i've got another one coming up that we're shooting next month in july called so broken up that i'm really excited about uh that's with the vetter brothers and it's a romantic comedy about a match breaker uh so the guy that the parents hire to break up their daughter's relationships so it's kind of fun i get to play the landlord for that main character so it'll be fun um yeah, go there. Google. It's 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 so magical. We will not leave links in this post, and we will make people use this this magical thing that you refer to as Google. It's technology. Technology. It's an yeah. amazing thing. And you know, Al Gore invented it. Serious. No. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I'm, I'm curious to hear your take and your thoughts about as being a Christian, a writer, comic, all these things. How how faith kind of interweaves into all that because it, it seems like and I'll, I'll throw my opinion before you reply uh it, it seems like some people really really try too hard sometimes you know some people really try too hard is that your way of saying sometimes the christian message feels like you're getting pounded on the head with the message where the message overtakes the story right exactly See, that's the sort of thing that marshall and i totally fight against um, I don't care when I go to a movie and when I pick up a book, I want to be entertained unless it's a nonfiction book and I want to do a Bible study type thing. I'm expecting that then, but I'm also hoping that they're going to have some stories in there. I want to be entertained first. I don't even want to know that I learned anything until afterwards, but I don't care what your agenda is, whether you're the, the world and you're trying to convert people to your own philosophy of, of you know, uh, global warming or, or, uh, uh, the gay agenda or whatever you're met. Everybody's got an agenda. As soon as I start tasting a political agenda too, you know, whether oh, Republicans are bad, anything that has an agenda, it takes me out of the story and it irritates me. And that for me is one of the problems I have with Christian film. The, the There's always the salvation scene where the person says a prayer. And by the way, between us, I have never seen that captured right once ever. 
And every time that scene happens, it takes me right out of the movie because I'm like, oh, this is where they're proselytizing. This is where I'm getting the message. Or suddenly they put a sermon in there. That stuff I don't like. I like what Jesus did. He told parables. He told stories that you had to think about that revealed the truth. They were right there. But he also did the preaching. So the answer was given, but the mind was entertained. When I go to a church service, I love when a pastor tells stories. They usually, they're training, you know, to have three points. And when you get really excited about church service, sometimes you'll go to somebody like, oh, you should see pastor service this morning. He said this one thing, and then you get that right. And then the second point was, I think, I can't remember the third point, but it was really good. But then you go see something like the movie Titanic, and you are able to watch that three-hour movie and tell your friend blow by blow, and then Rose and Jack did this, and then that, and then, because our mind pictures captures images story we can relate that it it implants itself in here so i think that we can do that just as effectively without getting all christiany in fact marshall and i were um were hired to we hired to script dr lot and one of them one of the screenplays we worked on was so christiany so expository dialogue that uh, we took it and we we fixed it and when we finished it you know they paid us and they were happy with it but then they wanted all that stuff back in because they feel that if you're going to be a Christian movie, you have to put all this stuff back in. And then, you know, we took our names off because so, it's not the type of stuff we want to be known for. That's not storytelling. That's sermonizing. I think that that Christians, you know, as Christians, when it comes to create, when it comes to creativity, that we should be on the forefront of it. You know, I mean, we know the creator of everything. So it, it would seem to me as though that that we should be some of the forerunners as far as creativity. And in the end, it seems like we're, we end up being our, the, our genre, so to speak, or our art so often becomes repetitive and we mimic what somebody else has done, you know, and that saddens me. I was at a conference uh, yesterday, the Faith and Film Conference in Nashville, and they post, I posed the question, is Christian film a genre? Is it a genre or is it a modifier? And the people on the board that were trying to say, oh, it's just a modifier, it's not a genre. And I'm like, oh, no, Christian film is a genre. Jesus is not a genre. And that really irritates me when people try to turn Jesus into a genre. Uh, But Christian film is a genre. They have to have certain things happen in it. And whenever they tell anybody about it, they go, it's a Christian film. So if you're going to identify it as that, then own up to it being a genre, too. It's a genre just like a horror, a comedy, a uh, 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 Western, uh, but if we had those things, we would say it's a Christian Western, it's a Christian comedy, it's a Christian. Christian is always the first thing we tell because that's the marketplace they're going after. Right, which technically that shouldn't be our marketplace. Our marketplace should be in the world. You know, if we were telling telling stories with a biblical worldview and the gospel story, you know, like you said, people would be sitting there enjoying the story getting things to think about, you know, something that they would remember so that when when um, when there's a time for the sermonizing or there is a point of contact to come to know Christ, it all makes sense because they recognize the story for what it is because they've seen it so many times before. See, now, we write, Marshall and I write mainstream, you know, Christian worldview. We have limits. We don't have anything with language or anything with nudity. And if we can't not tell a story without those two things in it, we have no no right to call ourselves artists. That's a quote from Marshall. The story should be so entertaining, though, that the audience doesn't realize that they've missed those things. 
it just should be all about story. Now, in our Christian films, because we do write uh, for the Christian market too, that salvation moment, that's uh, most of our audience that they are going for are already saved. Non-Christians aren't going to want to see that. I want to take Christians deeper. And so I agree with what you're saying about Christian worldview, mainstream market, reaching out the world. But to be honest, I think 80% of the people in church need Jesus. <laughs> you know, there's a, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, uh, of seat fillers there. A lot of people who, who think they're saved by going to church, but haven't gone any deeper in their Christian walk than when they first accepted the Lord 20 years ago. So our films uh, and the stories we tell like to take people who are already Christians in their walk deeper. Okay, you're a Christian now. Now what? That's where the story, because being a Christian is not an easy thing. It is not. And it is full of challenges and pitfalls and ups and downs. And let's talk about that. Yeah, and and using Adventures in Odyssey for an example, uh, because it is a, such a personal example. Um, you know, My kids quote it so often. You know, they'll be they they, re, they refer to the characters in Odyssey like they're real people, and you know, my, my wife and I tease them sometimes. We say, you know, those aren't real people, you know, as a joke, because they seem real to us. Because my wife and I, I mean, we we grew up listening to it, and now they listen to it, so you know, we kind of know some of the same. We, we know the same characters and even some of the same stories, and. So many times it'll be something that'll happen, you know, in real life, you know, whether it be a decision or a conflict, whatever the situation may be, how many times they draw from from that story that they heard, you know, and it does exactly exactly what you're saying. It's that drawing deeper, you know, it isn't just a basic salvation message, but draws them deeper as believers. You know, I've only written 10 episodes of Adventures in Odyssey. I created the character of, of Wooten Bassett, who is my favorite character. I also created the character of Grady McKay. And Wooten is just stuck, I, stuck around and become such a popular character. I'm so proud of Wooten. I love Wooten. Um, uh, but Grady McKay, I don't know if you remember Grady, is the type of uh, person I like to create too. Grady was that boy who had stolen a comic out of somebody's mailbox and he wasn't a Christian. And almost all the characters that I do create are based on real people and real situations. And I didn't want Grady to become a Christian for at least a year or two years. I wanted him to be a non-Christian that the Christians just befriended, that they liked. And they didn't proselytize. They didn't get preachy with him. They just loved him. And that's what, what Wooten did. That's one of my favorite storylines was with Wooten and uh, when he meets Grady. And when he goes to Alaska, which is where I was from for Bassett Helms. But thank you for this opportunity, Eric. Thank you. You're a kindred spirit, a new buddy, and I look forward to what God has in store for the future. So do I, Tori. Hey, man, thanks for your time, and can't wait to talk to you again. This special episode of the Church Mag Podcast was brought to you by Church Mag Press, the number one place for church, tech, and creative digital resources. Find Church Mag Press at churchmagpress.com. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. Things like that only happen in the movies, Robin. This is real life.